Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Coming to you live right now, once again from Albuquerque. It's early, early. We have an appointment at Calvary Chapel Albuquerque. They invited us to come on the radio and talk about the ministry in Puerto Vallarta. We'll be on the radio here locally at 10 o'clock in the morning. So it's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Thought we'd get an early start this morning. So if you pick this up later, that's why. So it is 56 degrees here this morning. Nice and chilly. Beautiful. The sun's coming up over the mountain. And uh, no deer out this morning. We had a coyote the other morning. <laughs> we have some bunny rabbits running around. But it's certainly peaceful. There's no wind, which is important because of the fire up north. That fire's been raging just about an hour north of here. The largest fire in the in the state's history. And we need to continue to pray for all of the firefighters to get that thing out. So let's get started. I, th- I did find a couple of new dad jokes on the way. So we're trying, I'm trying to get a little bit more organized as we're running around the country up here. How many telemarketers does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but he has to do it while you're eating dinner. Yep. How many narcissists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Just one. The narcissist holds the light bulb while the rest of the world revolves around him. <laughs> I like that one. How about this one? My wife could relate to this one for me. How many do-it-yourselfers uh, does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but it takes two weeks and four trips to the hardware store. So true. So true. Well, we can move over now to the word. If you see it up there on your screen, we are in First Chronicles 1 and 2. And we're also in Psalm 43. So please find your place and we will look into the word this morning. Father God, thank you for blessing us and being with us. We are again uh, thankful that we have a God who cares, who is alive, who desires to guide us and speak to us. And has given us this medium, Father, not just the internet, but your word, power of your word to speak into our lives, guide us and direct us because you are the living word, God. We yield to you and we ask you to to do that, to transform us, to guide us. And Father, help us to image you to the people around us, to be more like you so that others may know the glory of your kingdom and may come to a knowledge that will bring them into eternal life with you. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So starting a new book today, First Chronicles. This is a phenomenal book. And of course, we're going to get a lot of uh, genealogy here to begin with. We're looking at, again, we're going back, sorry about that, going back to um, the genealogy that's listed in Genesis chapter 5. I think this is a little bit of a repeat of that. Adam, Seth, Enoch, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. 
the sons of Gomer were Ahashkenaz, Diphath, Diphath and Togama. The sons of Javan were Elisha and Tarshish, Kittim and Rodanim. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush were Sheba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, Sabdika, and the sons of Rama were Sheba and Dedan. Cush became the father of Nimrod. He began to be the mighty one in the earth. Mizraim became the father of the people of Lud and Anam, Liab and Naphtu, Pathrus and Kushla, from which the Philistines came, and Kaphtor. Canaan became the father of Sidon, his firstborn, Heth, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, and the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Archites, and the Sinites, the Arvidites, and the, and the Zamrites, and the Hamathites. The sons of Shem were Alam, Ashur, Arfeshad, Lud, Aram, Uz, Ur, Gether, and Meshech. Archephad, um, excuse me, became the father of Shelah, and Shelah became the father of Eber. Two sons were born to Eber. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his day the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Doctum, Joktan. Joktan became the father of Almoldad, Shelepha, Hezarmaf, Hezamaphath, Hezarmavith, that's better, Jera, Hadram, Uzal, Dikla, Ibal, Ab Abmayel, Sheba, Ophir, Havila, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. Shem, Arpachad, Arpachad, that's better, Shem, Arpachad, Shela, Eber, Peleg, Reu, Sherug, Nahor, Terah, Abraham, that is Abraham. The descendants of Abraham, verse 28, the sons of Abraham were Isaac and Ishmael. These are their genealogies. The firstborn of Ishmael was Nebaioth, then Kedar, and Abiel, and Mibsham, and Mishma, Duma, Masha, Hadad, Tema, Jetur, Nafish, and Kedema. These were the sons of Ishmael, the sons of Keturah, Abraham's concubine, whom she bore were Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. And the sons of Jokshan were Sheba and Dedan. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Abda, uh, Abida, Elda. All these were the sons of Keturah. Abraham became the father of Isaac. The sons of Isaac were Eshua and Israel. No, Esau. Sorry, I said I read that wrong. Esau, that's better, and Israel. The sons of Esau were Eliphaz, 
Reuel, Jerush, Jalam, and Korah, the sons of Eliphaz, were Timan, Ophar, Zafi, Ketam, Kenaz, Timnah, and Amalek. The sons of Reuel were Nath, Zerah, Shema, and Mizah. The sons of Seir were Lotan, Shobal, Zibon, Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and, Dish, and Dishan. The sons of Lotan were Hori and Homa, and Lotan's sisters were Timna. The sons of Shobal were Alian, Manas, Ibal, Shafi, and Onan. The sons of Zibon were Ahia and Anna. The sons of Anna were Dishon. The sons of Dishon were Hamran, Ishban, Ithran, and Cheran. The sons of Ezer were Bilhan and Zavan and Jaktan, no, Jaakan. The sons of Dishan were Uz and Aran. These are the sons of the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before the king of the sons of Israel reigned. Bela was the son of Beor, and the name of the city was Dinabah. When Bela died, Jobab, the sons of Zerah, the sons of Bozrah, became king in his place. Then Jobab died. And Husham in the land of the Temanites became king in his place. Then Husham died. Hadad, the son of Bedad, who defeated Midian in the field of Moab, became king in his place. And the name of, the, of his city was Avith. And Hadad died. And Shamla, the, Mashk, uh, the Masrika, became king in his place. Then Shamla died. And Shaul of Rebaoth, by the river, became king in his place. Then Shaul died. Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, became the king in his place. And Baal Hanan died, and Hadad became king in his place. And the name of the city was Pai. And his wife's name was Mehetabel, and the daughter of Matred, and the daughter of Mezrahab. Mezrahab. And Hadad died, and the chief, the chiefs of Edom were Chief Timnah, the chief of Eliam, Chief Jerath, Chief Ohalibama, Chief of Ella, Chief Pinon, Chief Kizn, Kenaz, Chief Timnah, Timan, Timan, Chief Mibzar, Chief Magdiel, Chief Eram, and these were the chiefs of Edom. Now moving on to chapter 2. I will stop. These are the sons of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, Asher. The sons of Judah were Ur, Onan, and Shelah. These were born to him in Bethshua and the Canaanites and Ur. Judah's firstborn were wicked in the sight of the Lord, so he put them to death. Tamar, his daughter-in-law bore him Perez and Zerah. Judah had five sons in all. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. The daughter of Zerah were Zimri, Ethan, Haman, Karkol, and Dara. Five of them in all. The sons of Carmi were Akar, the troubler of Israel, who violated the ban. 
the sons of Ethan were Azariah. Now the sons of Hezron, who were born to him, in Jeramiel, Ram, and Shilabai, Ram became the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab became the father of Nashon, leader of the sons of Judah. Nashon became the father of Shalmu, Shalma, excuse me, became the father of Boaz. Boaz became the father of Obed, and Obed became the father of Jesse. Jesse became the father of Eliab, his firstborn, then Abinadab the second, Shimea the third, Nathaniel the fourth, Radai the fifth, Ozim the sixth, David the seventh. And their sisters were Zahura and Abigail. And the three sons of Zahurah were Ab- Abshai, Joab, and Ashael. Abigail bore Amasa, and the father of Amasa was Jether, Jether the Ishmaelite. And Caleb, the son of, Hez- of Hezron, had sons by Azurbah, his wife, and by Jerioth. And these were, their, were her sons, Jesher, Shobah, Ardan, and was Azurbah died, Caleb married Ethrath, who bore him Hur. Hur became the father of Uri, and Uri became the father of Bezalel. Afterwards, Hezron went in to the daughter of Machir, the father of Gilead, whom he married when he was 60 years old, and she bore him Shegub. Shegub became the father of Jair, who had 23 cities in the land of Gilead. And Gashur and Aram took the towns of Jair from them with Kinath and his villages, even 60 cities. All these were the sons of Machir, the father of Gilead. After the death of Hezron, Caleb, Ephrath, Abijah, Hezron's wife, bore him Asher, the father of Tekoa. The sons, now the sons of Jarmiel, the firstborn Hezron, were Ram, the firstborn, Benua, Buna, Oren, Ozim, and Ahijah. Jarmiel uh, had another wife whose name was uh, Atara, and she was the mother of Onan, the mother of Ram, the firstborn of Jarmiel, who Maaz, Jamim, and Eker. The sons of Onan were Shema'i and Jada, and the sons of Shema'i were Nadab and Abishu. No, Abishu. The name of Abishur's wife was um, Abahel, and she bore him Amban and Molid. The sons of Adab were Sheled and Afim, and she, and Sheled died without sons. The sons of Afim were Ishi. The sons of Ishi were Shushan. And the sons of, of Shush, Shushan were Ablai. The sons of Jada, the, the brother of Shemai, were Jether and Jonathan. And Jether died without sons. And the sons of Jonathan were Peleth and Zaza. These were the sons of Jamiel. The sons of Shushan had no sons, only daughters. 
and Shushan had only Egyptian servant, only an Egyptian servant whose name was Jaha. Shishan gave his daughter to Jaha, his servant, in marriage. She bore him Atai. Atai became the father of Nathan, and Nathan became the father of Zabad. Zabad became the father of Eflal. In Eflal became the father of Obed. Obed became the father of Jehu. Jehu became the father of Azariah. Azariah became the father of Helez, and Helez became the father of Eliasah. And Eliasah became the father of Shishmai, and Shishmai became the father of Shalom. Shalom became the father of Jechamiah, and Jechamiah became the father of Elishama. And the sons of Caleb, the brother of Jeremiah, were, uh, were Mesha, his firstborn, who was the father of, of Ziph, the father who was of Merashah, the father of Hebron. The sons of Hebron were Korah, Tapua, Rekim, and Shema. Shema became the father of Ra- Ra'am, the father of Jokeam, the, and Rekim became the father of Shemuai, uh, or Shemui, the father of Sh- uh, Shemai, probably better, was Maran, and Maran was the father of Besur. Uh, Epha, Caleb's concubines, for Hanan, Moza, uh, Gazis, and Hanan became the father of Gazis, the father of Jashdai, were Regem, Jotham, Gishan, Peleth, Hepha, and Shafa, Sha'af, Ma'aka, Maka, Caleb's concubine, bore Sheber, the, the Turana, she also bore Shef, the father of of Mahana and Shiva, Sheva, the father of Machbena, the father of Gibeah, the daughter of Caleb, was Aksa. These were the sons of Caleb, the the sons of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrath, who Shobah, the father of Kenath, Kenath Jarim, Salma, the father of of Bethlehem, and and Haref, the father of Beth Gadar. Shobal, the father of Kiriath Jerim, had sons, Hariath, half of the Mahathites, Manahathites, and the fa and the families of Kiriath Jerim, the Ithrites, and the Puthites. And the Shumathites and the Mish, Mishrite, and these came from Zorathites and the Estralites. The sons of Salma were Bethlehem and Nethophathite, and the Erath, Beth, Jobal, and half the Manhathites and the Zorites. The families of the scribes who lived in Jabez were Terathites. The Shemathites and the Sukathites. These are the Kenites who came from Hamath, the father of the house of Rechab. And I bet you were all excited to hear that. And it all makes total sense. Of course it doesn't. We're looking at something that is so far removed from our reality right now in our day. Something that meant a lot to the tribes of Israel and needed as they were coming as a nation, and we're going to be established in the the new land, in the promised land. 
And much of the Old Testament was really consolidated consolidated while they were in captivity in Babylon because they were losing their identity and they were they knew um, Daniel and the other prophets, uh, Jeremiah and such, knew they were going to be released and go back to the land. And they had time to work on the writings. Moses had written the Pentateuch. He had written these <coughs> and t- these historical documents. And there was much, uh, a great deal of work on putting them together. And, uh, and here we see this recounting of the genealogies from, the, from Adam before the flood all the way up to the flood. And then after Noah, we see it going up to Isaac. And then we see uh, from Isaac, it goes down to the, to the time of, of Jacob and the, and the 12 tribes. So it stops and we get the whole 12 tribes. So we have a whole total understanding of the history of Israel and how they came about and all these sons. And this was, uh, it is still important because we see how the Hebrews took very, very careful records of their history and where they came from, that they could chronicle where the name comes from, uh, their beginnings all the way back to Adam. So it helped them identify the priesthood, those who could serve, those who could not serve, it helped them with their identity to know who they were and how that they had separated from the other tribes, from the the um, fiasco that happened after the flood with Nimrod, and how the the, the different uh, people groups sprang up and then began to move away from the Tower of Babel and uh, go out through the earth, but God called himself a people to come together and called Abraham then to rally his people together uh, to bring about a people group that would come through the line of Jacob and the 12 tribes. So uh, it is laborious to read through those, <laughs> and I don't, I don't blame you for uh, going to get a cup of coffee in one sense, but if you can follow uh, and and try and pick up some of those names that I at least I did pronounce a few of them correctly. Uh, it it those names become familiar in your mind, and you go, "Hey, I know that name. I know that name," and then you'll see that name mentioned later on. So let's jump over to Psalm forty three now. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my case against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For you are the God of my strength. Why have you rejected me? Why do you go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? You send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling place. Then I will go to the altar of my God. To God my exceeding joy, and upon the lyre I shall praise you, O God, my God. Why are you in despair, O my soul, and why are you disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Another one of these beautiful Psalms of David, Psalm of Deliverance. He's obviously one of those places in his life where he feels surrounded he feels like the whole world is, is coming against him. So he's praying for deliverance. Uh, 
from man. And, and in this cry for deliverance, in his despair, he does the one thing that we all need to do. He knows that God is his strength. He knows that God is the only solution. Um, we have programs that help people, help people with addiction, help people with different things. But ultimately, God is the only solution when we're hard-pressed all around. And there are things going on around that we feel powerless to do anything about. He says, you're the God of my strength. But at the same time, he feels that God has rejected him. Because of the things going on in, initially in almost all of the Psalms, most of the Psalm writers, you'll see this, they pour out their heart honestly to God, and uh, which God seems to accept. He makes a false accusation against God. He says, why have you rejected me? God had not rejected him. God was allowing him to go through the refiner's fire. God had a plan and a purpose, but he had not rejected him unless perhaps for a momentary purpose while he was in the midst of sin or something. But no, overall, he had not rejected him as a person. Um, but David goes out to pour out his heart. He goes on to pour out his heart. You are the light, uh, your truth. Um, and he, he's calling for God to bring him to his holy hill. Uh, he wants to go to the altar of God. He wants to go and be be um, humbled before God if he's wrong, to be corrected by God if he's in sin, to be brought back into his presence because he feels rejected. He feels far away from God. So he calls out to him. He says, I know you're holy, but I will go to the altar of God because you're my God, my exceeding joy. And then he says, upon the lyre, I shall praise you. Oh, God. Oh, my God. This is David out in the wilderness with the sheep. We take his guitar for our purposes um, and play worship songs to God. And this is, I think, the secret weapon of Christians, my own personal opinion. When you feel far away from God, when you feel rejected, go to the altar. Go to his dwelling place. Now, of course, we know he dwells in us, but there's a sense that we go to the fellowship of believers, go to church and worship. And my the secret kind of, uh, what would you put it? The, the solution to the times where we feel far away from God and we feel rejected is just go dwell in the presence of God in the midst of a worship service. Find a good worship service, and of course, followed by the teaching of the Word, where you're listening and you're sensing God's presence, and let Him just speak to you. You be quiet in your soul. And what, is, what does David do? He sings praise to Him, even in the midst of feeling rejected, in the, even in the midst of not sure where he was before God, if he was even accepted before God. He knows that God is his strength. He knows that God's the only solution. So he begins to sing praise to Him. And in the midst of that, I think somewhere in the midst of that, when he begins to praise, then he starts to reason within himself. He's, he has at a place where it's, it's like the Holy Spirit is, is working with his spirit. And he says, why are you in despair, my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? That is a fair assessment of depression. 
when you're just thinking, why do I feel this way? I just feel completely defeated. I feel alone. I feel empty. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. That's what David said. Why are you in despair, my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? And his own spirit speaks to his spirit. Or you could say the Holy Spirit then nudges him with the truth of God. It says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him. The help of my countenance, countenance and my God. The countenance around you, your, your disposition and your attitude and your, your, your soul and your spirit. God helps that. You praise him. You, you pour it out to the altar. You recognize that you are in despair. But then you make a decision by faith to hope in God. I shall again praise him. David makes a decision. He's not saying, now I feel like praising you. He says, I shall praise you because I know your truth. I know you're my strength. I know you're my only answer. So I'm going to lift up my hands and I'm going to praise you. The problem's not going to go away at that moment, but he's going to be renewed in his spirit and he's going to find that there's hope. And this is what we need to do. We need to place our trust in our God. We need to choose to pray him. We need to lift up our hands and watch what God can do. You have to direct sometimes the heart. You have to take steps of faith. And the emotions follow the obedience to the word. If you are obedient and trust God because you love him and you know that he's right, then you take that step. You go to church, you worship, you read the word, and you say, I will, I will praise you. The emotions will follow, and you'll find yourself feeling renewed. You'll feel yourself in the presence. You'll be forgiven by him. His Holy Spirit can overwhelm you, and you can then have your countenance lifted up and be right with God in your heart again. Such a wonderful, wonderful psalm and a good guidance for us, good kind of instructions for us as we ourselves seek to praise him. So let's do that. Let's praise him in prayer. Let's pray for the things going on in the world. When I get back home to Puerto Vallarta, we'll be able to spend some more time reading in um, Charles Spurgeon and the devotional. But for now, what? No, it's not. I closed it. So, Father God, thank you for this morning and ask you to bless this time um, as we come before you. We thank you, God, for delivering us in our own situation, our own sin, and, uh, and God setting us free and giving us, God, clear, God, guidance by your word. In the, dif in the difficult times that we've been in, we understand, God, that you have have given us life, you've given us liberty, you've, you've set us free. We know that our forefathers came and to establish that. And that's why we celebrated Memorial Day yesterday, because of the freedom that was brought to us by the, the men who believed in your word and set this country up to be a, a light and a beacon to the world, to be actually a, a, a witness to the world. We've strayed far from that, but the intention was there. So thank you, God. We bless you for this day. 
and we bless you for all that you're doing. And we God ask a special blessing for those fighting the fire in northern New Mexico, for those that have need homes, that need a shelter. Thank you for the Christians up there working hard to help them. I ask you to bless them. Bless those that are uh, helping in the war effort, God, and trying to get people out, trying to get them to safety, working behind the scenes, taking huge risks, their own life, God, to their own life to to help people uh, get out, uh, including far-reaching ministries, who's always on the front line, God, working there in uh, in the Ukraine as, as well as the Sudan, as well as Afghanistan as well, still getting people out. We thank you for that phenomenal ministry that goes into the to the worst parts of the world in the war-torn places to minister and to to bring out the helpless and to to protect the the lives of children and women. So bless them greatly, God. Increase their ministry and their outreach and uh, utilize Calvary chapels in those areas to to assist, to help in every way possible. We pray for the supplies, the transportation, and all the needs that is um, being used right now to get people out of the war zones and into safety. Bless them, God. And bless the Calvary chapels there and those working behind the scenes, Samaritan Purse. God, thank you for those that are suffering um, in with come like Paul with their infirmities, but giving you glory, giving you glory, and, and knowing that your grace is sufficient in the midst of what they're going through. God, we thank you for their their strength and their witness. There's so many people that I've I've grown immensely from watching them. Uh, Continue to serve you with smiles on their faces, even though they're going through so much pain in their bodies. But God, we ask that you would alleviate that pain, that you would heal their bodies. You'd bring them, God, into wholeness, supernaturally, miraculously. We have our friend Juan Carlos in Mexico City. They'll have a tumor taken out, Father, tomorrow. And we pray for that surgery to go well, that it taken out of his sinuses and he would be relieved. And thank you, God, that you've been healing so many people, and you would just continue to do that. And that special prayer for Karen Skoog, God, who is really battling the situation with her body. We ask that you would really uh, touch her and um, do a special work in her life to bring healing and wholeness to her body. Thank you for the continued men who have been struggling with cancer and, and overcoming by the chemo and getting, seeing some, gaining some, some results, God, some positive things. Thank you for that. And, Father, continue to heal. Continue to heal. That's all we can say, God. We know that you're strong. We know that we can believe and trust in you for healing. So we do, and we wait on you to see the things you will do and will continue to do in us. Father, give me this time, and I uh, continue to bring in the the great harvest from the outreach for the whosoever's in down in Cruz de Laredo and uh, also in Puerto Vallarta. Father, we wait on you to see what you want to do and how you want to minister. Help those who came to know you, made decisions for you to connect with us or at least another good Bible teaching church, God, somewhere they can get fed and grow. So we thank you, God, for them and ask God that you would not let them slip through the cracks. Do not let that seed be you know, withered away in, in rocky soil. God, just put it in that fertile soil and help it grow and produce fruit. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Okay, that will do it for now. 
Uh, we will see you again uh, tomorrow, possibly early. I'm not sure. Tomorrow we leave, but we'll be packing up. But hopefully I um, might have time to do it at our normal time, which is a little more convenient for many of you, so we'll be live. If not, there's always the podcast. So check out the podcast as well, Man for Breakfast. Bless you guys. Bye-bye.